Well, it is a real joy to be able to share the word with you all this morning. Several years ago, I was in Nashville for a conference. I didn't want to be there, but I was. And two weeks prior to this conference I was attending, I experienced the loss of a best friend. And so I was hurting, I was sad, I was depressed. And what I wanted to do was hit pause on everything and just take some time to grieve. But like it does, life around us keeps going as we experience losses in our lives. Have you been there before? So there I was in my hotel room in Nashville, confident that there was no way I was going to go to any part of this conference. My plan was to be a hermit in my hotel room, be sad, be by myself. And once I got there, I realized I was hungry and that I was in Nashville. So I decided to pull myself together and head out for some of that world-famous barbecue and then quickly returned to the hotel. As I walked out of the hotel, the front door, I started to second-guess my decision. I could just have some food delivered. So I sat on a bench outside in the lobby to think it over. Not long after taking the seat, what appeared to be a homeless man started to approach me. Then he sat next to me. What did this person want? I wasn't in a very pastoral mood. I didn't really have much that I could share with him. Ugh, I'm thinking to dinner with me. No, I just want to be alone. What should I do? What should I do? And then he spoke. He said, hey man, you don't look so good. Are you doing okay? I was so fragile at this point that against my will, I started to cry. I wasn't okay. And for the next hour, this man, who was indeed homeless, ministered to me. He listened to my story of loss. He made room for me to vent my pain. I could tell he really cared. The days following this encounter, I was convinced this man had been an angel. This total stranger was so kind to me. What was so profound about this experience of kindness that I had had? What is kindness? That's what we're going to talk about this morning as we continue our series, The Sweet Life, a closer look at the fruits of the Spirit. So let's let Scripture define it for us. Kindness. The Greek word associated with kindness in our Galatian passage completely correlates with its use in Matthew 11, verse 30, where Jesus talks about the weight of his yoke. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn for me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is this image of kindness that I hope to invoke today. Kindness is levity. It brings lightness. It helps hold something heavy or many tangerines. It literally takes off the weight or the burden that someone is holding. When we're kind to people, we are helping lift their burdens. The homeless man who was kind to me in his care 
and listening helped lighten the sadness that I was carrying a little bit. It made a difference. I did feel better. So let's look at a story from Scripture to teach us more about kindness. We're going to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan, but before we do, will you pray with me? Gracious God, as we hear your word today, open our hearts to what you have to say to us. May your spirit move things that we can't, show us things we cannot see, and further invite us into the life that you came to give us through your sacrificial love. Amen. So our text is Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. Hear this very familiar story to Christians and non-Christians alike. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to vindicate himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and took off, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came upon him, And when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, treating them with oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend." Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. So, where is the kindness in this parable? Where is their levity? And what does it have to teach us? So the first place I see kindness in this parable is in the help given to the man on the side of the road. The Samaritan who stopped to help the lonely, battered man helps ease the immediate physical and emotional state of the man. The man who had been physically beaten down now has aid. And not just momentarily, his physical needs have been completely handled in the moment, in the evening, and into the future. The man who had been left alone now had a companion with him. His loneliness has dissipated. This battered man also experienced being passed by those who could have helped him. 
This image really strikes me. It reminds me of the scenes in movies like Titanic and Castaway, where there are people on an abandoned boat trying to get rescued, and we as the viewer see the passing ship that could rescue them, and those in need shooting their flare guns, making noise to no avail. The rescuing ship ignores or does not see them, and they become filled with the hopelessness and despair all over again. Yet finally, for this battered man who had two others walk right past him, someone has finally stopped. The weight of physical pain, loneliness, and fear of total abandonment and likely death has dissipated, all because the Samaritan man was kind to him. The Samaritan lifted a significant weight for this man who could not do it for himself. The second place I see kindness in this text is in Jesus' response on who our neighbor is. Who are we called to be kind to? Instead of giving the expert in the law a list from heaven of people not to be kind to, he tells him to go and be kind to everyone. The levity in this answer is that we don't have to pick and choose who we're going to be kind to or not. Jesus has made it simple. Be kind to everyone. As Christians in the world, bring levity to those who are suffering in any way. Help lift everyone's burdens that you can. Now, you may be saying to yourself, Stephen, it's actually way harder to be kind to everyone than it is to be a little selective. (laughs) And I feel this tension with you. Yet this parable teaches us that sometimes, maybe oftentimes, kindness costs us something. The kindness that we read about in our story did, in fact, cost the Samaritan man something. It cost him his time to stop and help. It cost him his own comfort and cleanliness as he bandaged the man's wounds himself. He put the man on his own transportation likely a donkey or a camel, meaning that he walked alongside of him in this animal, whatever distance it was to the inn where they took help. And he spent the night in the inn with the stranger man he had just helped. It cost him money. He put his own cash to take complete care of this man and his needs. And finally, it may have cost him some social capital. For the kind of man that he helped was not the kind of person his people were supposed to help. The injured man in the parable is a Jew, as suggested by the wider narrative context and setting in which this attack occurs. The animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans was palpable that to engage with one another in any kind of way was risky. The Jews held Samaritans in contempt, and the contempt was mutual. The Samaritan risked judgment for helping someone he socially and politically should not have helped. He put his life on the line for this badly beaten and disregarded enemy. This parable teaches us that as Christ followers, we are called to be kind 
to bring kindness, bring levity to all those around us, regardless of how much we like them or not. We are called to bear witness to the kindness that God has shown us by being kind to others. Showing kindness to others is a witness to the gospel itself. Jesus put his life on the line for each and every one of us. Just as the Samaritan man stopped to help the Jewish man, God stopped to help us. Jesus embedded the very gospel in this parable. It's true, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ's kindness towards us has literally lifted the weight and burden of our sins off of our shoulders. Christ took them on to himself. It cost him everything to save us. And not just those who made some kind of list that God keeps in heaven, Christ's kindness and grace is available to anyone and everyone. The final lesson in this parable is actually a directive, a command from Christ himself, go and do likewise. Four weeks ago, I was driving to my very first Sunday here at Westlake Hills, driving north on Mopac. I took the exit to get on 360, and at that intersection, while waiting at the light, I saw this man holding this sign. He makes his plight for help, and in his final sentence says, I depend, I rely on your kindness. He used the word that I was preaching on in four weeks, and it has weighed on me since. Maybe you've seen him. Maybe you've seen someone like him. This man pleads for kindness from those who pass by. He's asking, will you stop and bring some lightness, some levity to my life and situation? But it's hard in that moment. We start processing on our own what he's saying and what we experience and the, the, the density and the weight of the problems, homelessness, housing shortages, shootings, political entrenchment, faith and nuclear families divided over issues of politics. It can feel overwhelming. It can feel really heavy. If you take a right out of church going east on Bee Caves Road, you may see the veterinarian's office there. They always have clever quotes. Four weeks ago, the quote said this, the heaviest things that we carry around are the thoughts that are in our heads. See, I'm reminded that there is an antithesis to kindness, that the opposite of kindness is animosity, alienation. It adds weight to someone's situation instead of alleviating it. Maybe it has been the lack of kindness in our world that has led to some of these burdens that we feel so heavily together. So maybe our fruit of the Spirit today inspires us towards those who are called and equipped to help lift some of the weight off of one another, of our community, of our nation, and our world. Indeed, as I listen to the news, I hear a subtle voice, the voice of God, 
inviting us, calling us. Christians, be kind. Listen to one another without judgment. Create space for one another to unload and unpack the burdens on our hearts and minds. Be kind to one another when you feel like you might need to be defensive. So, as your new associate pastor for missions and outreach, here is a missions plug, opportunities to be kind. If you're looking for them, they're everywhere around this place. Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church is committed to helping lift the burdens of the people in this church, in the local area, and the world, from the homelessness to the marginalized, the refugee, the hungry, and the sick. There are countless ways for you to be involved. On September 18th, we'll be doing a mission roundup after church in the fellowship hall where you can meet and learn more about our mission partners. But that's a couple months away. So if you want to get involved sooner, please talk to one of the pastors, to Martin Hunt, to Weldon. There's several mission people here that are on the mission team on your mission committee that would love to plug you into opportunities to serve. Kindness does abound in this place. Now, if you're looking for a way to get along on your own, and this is just a great reminder this Sunday, we went to church, kindness was the focus. Maybe you could pick up some H-E-B gift cards and have them in your car ready to give someone who needs a little levity. Maybe a sanitation kit you could give to someone, to one of your neighbors holding a sign, asking for help so you can be ready to respond. So coming full circle, to the story I shared about the homeless man who saw me in distress and showed me kindness. Maybe he was an angel. Maybe the Holy Spirit led him to me, or maybe kindness is a Christian discipline that he intentionally practices on a regular basis. I will never know for certain. But what I do know for certain is this. God has shown us great kindness God stopped for us in our brokenness, and he sacrificed his son at great cost so that we might live lightly, so that we might live free from the burden of our sin and the death. God's kindness has taken the weight of shame and guilt off of us for eternity. Amen, God stopped for us. May we as his followers go and do the same May we stop for those whom God puts in our way. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your great kindness, for the way that you kindly stopped for us, cared for us, and drew us into relationship with you, doing something that we could never do for ourselves. God, as we sit with this fruit of following you, May you draw us in the direction we must go next. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.